Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. It's 9.30 in 716. I'm Susan Rose. And I'm Brian Mazurowski. Outside right now, we've got a few clouds looking clear, cold, 39 degrees in Buffalo. A federal judge has temporarily blocked the state's gun law that prohibited concealed carry in houses of worship. The ruling by Judge John Sinatra in Buffalo sided with two clergy leaders in western New York who filed a lawsuit regarding the gun law last week. The plaintiffs, Pastor Jimmy Hardaway and Bishop Larry Boyd, both claiming that carrying weapons in their churches would benefit them in cases of self-defense or other similar situations. Judge Sinatra agreed. His ruling said allowing people to carry guns in places of worship would serve the public interest of fostering self-defense at places of worship across the state. Erie County District Attorney John Flynn says that he is prohibited from prosecuting cases concerning the block law, and he's notified all police agencies in Erie County to not charge that crime temporarily. Two rulings on challenges to President Biden's program to relieve some student loan debt. A federal judge in St. Louis dismissed an effort by six Republican-led states to block the Biden administration's student loan debt relief. The judge says Nebraska, Missouri, Arkansas, Iowa, Kansas, and South Carolina failed to establish they had standing. An appeal is expected. In a separate case, Supreme Court Justice Amy Coney Barrett, without comment, rejected a request by a group of Wisconsin taxpayers seeking to halt the Biden program. Their argument was the cost. Other court challenges remain. Chuck Sievertson, ABC News. All right, continuing to follow that story, the ups and downs uh, sideways sometimes. Student loan forgiveness. The 43 North Business Startup Competition, naming its winners last Last night, WBEN's Max Ferry was there. It was a game-changing night for some growing companies as five of eight startups were awarded $1 million each in financial backing from the 43 North Acceleration Program. Companies from across the world pitched their presentations to a sold-out crowd at Shea's Buffalo Theater last night who will move their businesses to Buffalo to continue to establish connections and more. One winner, Kadesha Ogwadili, CEO of Agape Wellness from Rochester, says she's ready to bring her business to Buffalo. I've always thought that the local startup community in upstate New York had so much potential. Our first investment came from Launch New York, which is local, so I always wanted to stay here and give back to the community and show people that startups can be started outside of Silicon Valley, so I'm really excited. Another winner, CEO of Food, Alex Parmley, says the opportunity in Buffalo is what's going to make his company a great success. The track record for Buffalo's execution from an operational level is also unparalleled, so 
I feel like this is the best opportunity I've had in my life in a long time, and I look forward to building a billion-dollar business here. More from the winners and more story details are made available to you on our website, maxferrywben.com news. All right, Max, thanks, and we'll be speaking with one of those winners coming up later on this morning on WBEN. On the Health Watch, doctors and parents reporting an alarming rise in children hospitalized for serious respiratory illnesses, leaving emergency rooms packed and hospitals scrambling to keep up with the number of cases coming in as cold and flu season begins. Hospitals in at least 36 states and Washington, D.C. are now reporting a huge spike in children sick with respiratory illnesses such as RSV, flu, and other viruses. 71% of pediatric beds across the country are now filled. While it's not COVID causing the uptick, doctors do partially blame the pandemic, saying kids are just now getting hit with respiratory viruses they had little exposure to it's Andrew Dimbert reporting, and we'll be getting a handle on the situation here in Buffalo with RSV cases with Dr. Stephen Turkovich from Oshai Children's Hospital, live at 6.50 this morning. 5.05 now on WBEN. Liz Truss was just in. Now she's out of the British Prime Minister's office. Another leadership vote, the country's second in four months, has been triggered. James Longman telling the Start Here podcast that this election will likely be slightly expedited, could become clearer in the coming days of who's expected to be the UK's next prime minister. People can step forward, any of the conservative lawmakers can put their names in, but this time each of them will need a hundred names each. And given that there are only 357 uh, conservative lawmakers, there's likely only to be maximum three, possibly only two candidates. Uh, we'll know those names on Monday, and then by Friday of next week, we will know who wins. One of those names being floated, Boris Johnson. That's James Longman reporting. We'll be talking to uh, Tom Rivers live from the UK coming up in just about an hour from now. The next two weekends in western New York might have a lot of people seeking out a good scare. WBEN's Brayton Wilson is at Fright World where the haunted house has been taken to the next level. We're about two weeks away from Halloween on Monday, October 31st, and every year many people flock to a number of attractions to celebrate the spooky season. Whether it's a haunted house, a haunted hayride, or whatever gets the adrenaline flowing, people are always looking for a good scare. In western New York, one of the main central hubs for a scary good time is Fright World America's Screen Park at 1001 Hurdle Avenue in Buffalo. There you will find not one, not two, but five award-winning haunted attractions for people to venture through. This is our favorite time of the year and we love to give Buffalo a show that they could really enjoy and when you walk into Fright World it's definitely not only haunted houses it's an entire attraction and a great night out. That's Rochelle Finkelstein general manager of Fright World. It is expected for the next two weekends to be the busiest weekends for the folks at Fright World with even an extended weekend into the first week of November. With this year being the 20th anniversary of Fright World Finkelstein and her crew wanted to give the city of Buffalo something new to celebrate this year's occasion. Not only do we have a brand new house, Carnival Boneyard, which features things that we have had inside all our haunted houses that we've had over 20 years all in one with little Easter egg hunts, but we've also created a carnival theme within the lobby, a new ticket booth, and an overall great experience for the customers. We always thrive to do better and better and better each year with everything we do from redesigning the houses to adding more props, getting more animatronics, and just doing everything we can to stay on top of what the community wants to see. More from Fright World ahead of Halloween is available for you online. Brayton Wilson, WBEN.com News.
Hey, pretty cool. Fright World, back at it. And I think this yeah. is going to be a big weekend for that. And everything. I mean, right. you have a There's only two left. great forecast. You're before Halloween, so all the Halloween stuff's still on the table. It's the bye week, no bills. I mean, everything's kind of in place for you to go out and do uh, something fun right. out there this weekend. I know a lot of people are thinking Fright World or uh, something like that to get the scares in for Halloween. Uh, Sabres, not scary. Not at for, all. <laughs> it's been a while since we've said that at the or beginning of the scary season. scary good. Yeah, well, <laughs> maybe they are. They keep winning. Calgary really committing, though, and the Sabres now can work it open for Tuck here. Drives it inside. Scores! What a shot by Alex Tuck. His second of the game is some Sabres magic. And they're back on top by a pair with this power play goal. Alex Tuck would add an empty net goal at the end of the game for his first career hat trick. The Sabres beat Calgary 6-3 last night. Other goals coming from Casey Middlestat, Dylan Cousins, and Rasmus Dahlin, who now owns the longest season-opening goal streak by a defenseman in NHL history. He scored in all four Sabres games. Eric Comrie with 40 saves. You know, as amazing as that Dahlin stat is, how about this one? He, Eric Comrie now, the first goalie in Sabres history to get 40 save wins in consecutive games. I think about wow. that. Wow. Ryan Miller. Yeah. Dominic Hasek. All these great, you know, Brasso. You know, yeah. All these great Sabres goalies. And first time that's ever happened. Uh, and it happened last night. Sabres continue out west tomorrow night when they play Vancouver. 10 o'clock face-off. This is exciting. I don't know what's more exciting. The hat trick for Tuck. Eric Comrie with the you know, longest 40-save consecutive game streak there. Or Darlene scoring in every game so far this season. I'm just a little disappointed that they're out west. Like You I know. know, like it's a 9.30 last night. It'll be 10. You know, it's a Saturday night, but 10 o'clock still. Right. Not as many people, I feel like, are watching this and getting in on it. I, I wish these uh, games and this run to start the season to build the hype were maybe a little bit better for us who are up right now. Your exclusive WBEN 7 weather forecast. A beautiful Friday forecast for you. Mostly sunny today with high temperatures near 60 degrees this afternoon. Tonight's mainly clear, not as cold. Overnight lows in the mid to upper 40s. Saturday, a good deal of sunshine. Highs near 70. Near 70 again on Sunday with partly cloudy skies. With your exclusive WBEN 7 weather forecast, I'm Chief Meteorologist Aaron Minkowski. Dr. Stephen Turkovich, Chief Medical Officer at Oshai Children's Hospital of Buffalo, joining us this morning on WBEN to talk about RSV. There's an alarming rise in pediatric cases across the country. Dr. Turkovich, what about here in Buffalo? What are you seeing? Well, good morning. Thank you for having me. Uh, we are unfortunately seeing what the rest of the country is seeing with a significant increase in RSV. Uh, the hospital is well above capacity. Uh, yesterday, I believe, was the busiest day at Oshai since we've opened with 230 patients. And the vast majority of them are here with RSV. Uh, when we look at our previous RSV sur last surge, which was in December of 2019, we had 181 patients admitted that month with RSV. So far this month, we've had over 325. Um, so you can see the magnitude of the increase. Uh, this is probably one of the worst RSV seasons I have seen. And, you know, over the past two years, uh, everyone concerned about COVID. Uh, but RSV has been one of these things that, you know, while COVID, uh, you know, young kids have been minorly impacted by that, RSV can be very serious for a lot of younger kids. Yes, RSV really affects the youngest of the young, uh, typically babies. But this year we're seeing babies and some toddlers as well. 
And what it causes is a viral pneumonia called bronchiolitis, which is, affects the very small tubes within the lungs. It fills them up with a lot of mucus, and so it causes significant difficulty breathing. Many times babies need oxygen and some higher levels of support, like ventilation or other things to help them breathe. Is there a test for RSV? I mean, how do you distinguish whether you've got, you know, a really bad cold, the flu, or RSV? Yeah, that's a great question, and many people um, wonder. It's very difficult clinically to figure out if you have RSV, a cold, the flu, COVID. Uh, so there's actually a nasal swab test that we use. That you swab once, and we test for all three things, RSV, the flu, and COVID. Um, so that's a very easy way for us to determine uh, which illness you have. One of the things that's being talked about by some doctors is why we're seeing this uptick is, you know, something that over the past two years was talked about, but, you know, never really uh, pushed as a big concern. Uh, Kids wearing masks, social distancing, not interacting with each other in school or daycare or other settings over the last couple of years, not being exposed to a lot of viruses and other things. And now all of a sudden they're exposed all at once. How big of a factor is that? Well, you know, I, I think that is a factor. It, it, it's multifactorial, but you're correct in that we've had about three years with uh, children who have not seen RSV because it has not been around. We had a small RSV season last year, but nowhere near like this. And so we don't have a lot of immunity within the population. And I think that's one of the major factors that's been driving this. And also, I think the strain that's circulating this year is a more severe strain than typical. So both those factors together have made this a very difficult year. Are you worried that this is only October? I mean, really the start of cold flu season? Yeah, you know, we we, we don't know what to expect. We always get some clues from the Southern Hemisphere in Australia. uh, And we know that they had a severe RSV season and a very severe flu season. I think it was their worst flu season in five years. And it came two months early than typical. So it may be that we get this RSV uh, bump, and then maybe we will get a, a flu bump later on. Uh, although I can say we are starting to see some flu. Typically, prior to the pandemic, we would start to see flu admissions in late November, early December. We've already had two children admitted with the flu this year, and last month or last week, I believe we had 30 kids that tested positive for the flu. So it does appear that that will be hitting us earlier. The other thing with the flu is sometimes in flu season, we'll have two peaks, one with flu A and then a one, a one later with flu B. Uh, we didn't really see much flu B last year. So there is a lot that is still unknown. What is the messaging like for parents on the flu vaccine this year because of, you know, everything that's gone on around COVID and the COVID vaccine there's a lot of parents who are just saying, well, I I don't know what to do about any vaccine right now. You know, I'm being told I, I need the COVID, I need the COVID, I need the COVID vaccine. I, I don't want to get my kid the COVID vaccine. But what should they know about the flu vaccine? How is it different? And what's the recommendation? So the flu vaccine, as you know, changes every year, but it changes based upon the strains that they predict will be circulating. Um, so it's, it's the best guess. And they look to the southern hemisphere for clues as to which ones they think will be circulating in the northern hemisphere. Sometimes they get it right and sometimes they don't get it as right. But there is evidence that shows if you get the flu vaccine every year, even if it's a year when it's not a very good match, you do get some protection. I do recommend that everybody get the flu vaccine, and and I recommend that you do it now because it does seem to be that the flu is going to be hitting us earlier than typical. And it takes a few weeks for you to develop that immunity to the flu after you get the vaccine. So the earlier, the better. Um, 
But in terms of the way that it's made, it's no different than in, in previous years other than the types of strains that are included in it. We're hearing, too, that there's an RSV vaccine that's in the works right now. How needed is that? It doesn't sound like it would be available for this season, though. Yeah, you know, the RSV vaccines have been studied for a long time, and, and we haven't been able to land the plane on one. But what I've read about this potential one is it does look promising. It's been studied mostly in adults, and, and RSV, although we talk about it in children, can have some pretty severe effects in the elderly as well in, in causing those viral pneumonias. Uh, and it looks like it's very effective in that population. So uh, I'm sure they'll continue studies and then move it on down to younger children, which you know would certainly have a positive impact on our population. And, and I would hope within the next few years uh, we will have something available. Uh, but what time will tell. How do you see us returning to just the kind of, um, you know, common sense protections that we've always had around, um, you know, keeping somebody in a bubble, not really great for anybody's health, uh, you know, physical or mental, especially. Uh, how do you go from that? What, what are you telling parents of young kids now in terms of what to watch out for, what steps to take and where to not be so paranoid? Yeah, you know, it's, uh, if we go back to the common sense that we had prior to the pandemic, things like wash your hands well, sanitize your hands, uh, wear a mask if you're feeling sick, but, you know, not too sick and you want to go out. Avoid large crowds if you have a very small baby. Um, you really want to think about who are those people that are at highest risk, and it's the youngest children that are at highest risk. So if you have a newborn at home, you know, it's not a great time to take them to places where there's large gatherings. You want to make sure if people are coming over that they're not experiencing cold symptoms and then potentially transmitting that to the baby. Um, but, you know, we, we can't live in a bubble, as you said. Uh, it's, it's really that common sense and doing what you can. Uh, unfortunately, RSV is very transmissible and it is around. Um, so it, it is sometimes difficult to prevent. But if you do those things, you can decrease the risk of your child becoming infected. Uh, RSV, we're always talking about RSV and kids. But is that something adults have to worry about, too? Yeah, you know, as I said, the elderly population is also at risk uh, because it can cause a pretty severe uh, viral pneumonia. And so we are seeing some of the adult hospitals as patients with RSV. Uh, in, in older kids and younger adults, it often causes just cold symptoms, which is, you know, not great, but it's not severe enough often to cause a hospitalization. Dr. Turkovich, if you can, just what symptoms should parents be watching for, you know, in young children with RSV that would require them going to, to, to Oshai? Yeah, the most important to me looking at is their breathing. So if they start breathing fast, if they start retracting, which is where they're using their extra muscles that looks like their ribs are getting sucked in, if they're looking like they're tiring out because they're breathing so fast, those are the most important things to be looking at because those uh, children often require supplemental oxygen. And then also when they start breathing fast, it's difficult for them to feed. And so they can become dehydrated pretty quickly. So looking at their feeding and their breathing are the two most important things to look out for. Okay. Well, uh, Dr. Turkovich, as always, thanks so much for the time. Appreciate it. Dr. Stephen Turkovich, Oshai Children's Hospital, joining us live this morning. That's 930 in 716. We're back tomorrow with another edition from the studios of WBEN Buffalo. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. 
Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. Protect your vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. Baseball is back. And so is MLB.tv. Watch every out-of-market, regular season game on your favorite streaming devices. Anywhere, anytime, all season long. Follow the action live or on demand. Track four games at once with multi-view mode. And catch up with in-game highlights. Plus, original programs, minor league broadcasts, and local pre- and post-game shows. Go to MLB.tv to start your free trial today. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission.